As part of Ferrari Fridays, William Ross from the Exotic Car Marketplace will be discussing all things Ferrari and interviewing people that live and breathe the Ferrari brand. Topics range from road cars to racing, drivers to owners, as well as auctions, private sales, and trends in the collector market. Hello, everyone. Glad to have you back. This is William here. Welcome to the Ferrari Marketplace. Hey, just kind of want to give a couple, um, I guess, uh, not say shout outs, but just kind of some um, info out there and get, uh, get some things here growing. Um, if you just kind of do uh, go on Facebook, I got the Ferrari Marketplace in a group uh, for posting in any cars, that, any Ferraris you have for sale or a Ferrari you're looking for. If there's some specific model, whatnot, post it on there and we can see what we can do to help you. And as you know, we got the podcast, and coming soon, we're going to have the YouTube channel. It's uh, The channel name's already up, but I haven't got any content yet, but working on that. Uh, next week, headed out to California to go to some Ferrari events that are going to be really, really special. So it's going to be some really good stuff, so keep your eyes out for that. Um, I'll let you know uh, the next podcast when I got that drop, but just kind of keep an eye out there and you know, check on YouTube, and you'll see it, and uh, I'll post it out there in uh, all the places on Facebook, YouTube, and they also got the uh, webpage, you know, www.theferrarimarketplace.com. So check it out and let me know. Um, it's not the greatest. I'm not the most digitally advanced person. Um, you know, just as I don't know if I mentioned before, you know, my ADD really kind of prohibits me from actually sitting down for hours on end and trying to put the thing together because I just get distracted and I just get frustrated. And so it's best bet, you know, to go out there and utilize and get some support from other people. I, I don't know if you ever used it. I highly recommend Fiverr. Um, they're not paying for any sponsorship on this. I'm just letting you know that Fiverr is awesome to you know, get some other things done and hire some freelance people. Uh, I've used them a few times, and it's relatively inexpensive. You know, it's not like thousands of dollars. It's 100 bucks here or 50 bucks there to get something simple done. Um, so I got a guy working on a couple of things for me now to kind of give me a little better exposure and uh, spruce things up a bit. But anyways, so for today's episode, what I want to talk about is the brand new Ferrari Formula One car that just got dropped. Now, I don't know how uh, much all of you follow F1, but I'm a huge, rabid fan for God knows how many years. Um, you know, back in the golden era, so to speak, from the 80s all the way on, and, you know, the beautiful, you know, gorgeous, you know, V12s and the V10s and V8s, you know, that screaming sound that they would have that was just, oh. And I'd, if you ever had the opportunity, I don't know, demographic wise but age wise but there was nothing like hearing that v8 v10 screaming in person it was just unbelievable sound that was done i mean it just was it just sent chills up your spine it just really really made it and it was it was sad when they had to go uh to the uh electric stuff um and that jazz and you know, especially with the all the turbo stuff they had to use and kind of really just muted the sound. Now, I don't know how I said how you fall, but I've heard some new cars, because they, they really worked on that for these new cars. And I think actually having this extra year really kind of helped also, because I know they were supposed to drop for 2021 season, but because of COVID and the pandemic, they decided to push it out for the 2022 season. So I honestly think that was very, very fruitful for the teams especially and the FIA, you know, getting it right, getting the sauce right, so to speak, you know, because, you know, this is, you know, the premier racing event in the world. You know, it's, um, 
you know, it's second to none. You know, there's, I think, you know, soccer is the only more viewed sport in the world, you know, after F1. So, or before F1, I should say. Um, so it's, it's just a phenomenal sport and you watch it. And, you know, it's, you know, some people may look at it, you know, oh, well, these guys got certain teams dominate and everything like that. Well, it, it's, it's a cycle. It always happens. You have Mercedes has been, you know, pretty much leading the pack here since, what, 2014 now. But, hey, you know, Max Verstappen last year, he put I, 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 That was awesome. I, I couldn't believe that last race. That was phenomenal. And I, hats off to Mas, Massey, Massey, I already pronounced his last name, you know, for making that decision to let those five cars between him and Lewis go. Hey, no, get around it. Let's have a last lap dash. I mean, hey, there's a lot of money in line. I get it, prestige and whatnot. But you know what? This is for the viewer. And you talk about uh, I was jumping up and down screaming when that last lap started and Max got past him. And, you know, nothing against Lewis, but I'm just not a big fan of Lewis. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't appreciate how he presents himself and handles his business. But, um, you know, I was I'm a Max Verstappen fan. So, I mean, after being my Ferrari fan with Leclerc and uh, Carlos there. But um, that was an awesome, awesome race. So, I don't know if he had the opportunity to catch it. But I highly, you know, I've, watched, I've re-watched it a few times. Now, I've re-watched the whole race. I watched the last about 15 minutes. But still, it's just phenomenal to watch. It still gets me just tingly. It's just awesome to see. But anyways, get back to what we're going to talk about is the new Ferrari F1 car. So, Obviously, in the past year, they were supposed to come out in 2021 because of the pandemic. They get released this year, and they're um, starting to drop all the things. The teams are starting to drop it. Um, so it's interesting to see um, everyone's take on the rules and regulations and how they interpret it. Now, um, it's, you know, I mean, it's a completely radically different design because what, like I said, how much you follow it or whatnot. Now, you know, prior, what they have now, way back, you know, um, was in the 70s into the 80s, you know, they actually had the ground effects. You know, Lotus was pretty much the pioneer of it in coming out with those cars. And it was a really interesting concept in how they did it because they had these, like, floating little side pod, like these composite material that actually moved up and down because it had to go with the flow of the road because if it if you it got too high or whatnot thing all of a sudden all the suction was lost and it just you're in the wall you know they were if you if you lost it forget about it you were done it was not a fun fun time to be driving that car but anyway so then they got away from you know the uh you know doing that type of car and having ground effects and they moved to that flat bottom. And it's you know, they call it a wood. You know, it's just a wood plank um, that was underneath the car. And because it kind of gave, you know, for regulation-wise, the monitor, be sure ride heights and everything along those lines and stuff, you know, s- you know sparks flying, all that jazz, um, you know, went to those. So basically the cars were basically just reliant on the wings and airflow around the car and over the car. So that's what created the problem their cars were following is, the air that was disrupted coming over the car was so turbulent behind the car, the car following, it, it took all the air and everything off it, so you had no downforce. So you couldn't get in, you know, the corner going, I mean, and you're going to have to put more steering input into the steering wheel, you know, so obviously what that does, it scrubs more on your tires, so this ruins your tires quicker, you know, so all the effects kind of just compounds and goes down the line. So that was the biggest problem is, you know, 
you, you couldn't follow another car and try and make anything competitive and pass them. So, you know, and they came up with the brilliant idea for the DRS. You know, and I don't know, you could love it or hate it. I don't know. I, it's one half and one the other, but it, it's just a foregone conclusion when someone's within a second behind that person and they drop that little button, that thing opens up, they're going to pass them. You know, so it's not so much down to drivers, just around, hey, drop that thing in straight line speed. So, you know, they're, they're still going to have it for 2022, but I don't know how much it'll, you know, be. So I don't know, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, they created because they wanted to have packs. I mean, they they started, they put it in DTM. They did the same thing because, I mean, no one really wants you to see freight trains. People want to see passing going on. And, you know, this past season was phenomenal in regards to, you know, passing, interaction, everything on the track. And, I mean, if you seriously look at, you know, top to bottom of the field, you know, you're not talking like a difference of 15 seconds, 20 seconds from the first place guy to last place guy. You know, you're talking maybe a, a second, eh, depending on the track, I mean, you get down to those, some slow guys, you know, it could be only about two seconds per lap that they're slower. And two seconds is not that much. One, 1,000, two, 1,000. That's it. So, I mean, that is how much difference is and then slower going on the track. But, I mean, that compounds it. As you go through the race, obviously, if you're doing 60, 70, 80 laps, you know, and it happens everything, so it's going to grow, 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 grow. Obviously, it just keeps building itself up. And it's, um, you know, foregone conclusion in regards to that stuff. But anyways, the new cars and have it coming out, they obviously are going back to the ground effects design. So they are trying to eliminate, well, I say eliminate, but they, their biggest thing, because you're always going to have the airflow going over the car. And it's always going to be a situation where whoever following is going to have some dirty air, so to speak. But what they're trying to do is maintain that air so it's more, I want to say, structured. So it's more, it flows better. So if you look at some of the things on it, like on the previous cars, as the air got back over the rear wing, it was so turbulent because you had air coming over from the sides underneath, go around. So it just created this, almost this whirlwind um, I want to say tornado, but just this really disturbed, unstructured air that really was very volatile to the car behind it. So these new cars, as that air goes over it and goes past the car, it's a lot more flowed. So where it actually should come down onto the car following it. So what that's going to do is keep the car having downforce and be able to follow the car closer, hopefully, that it won't really damage tires and what have you. But It'll be able to have a little more, I would say, wheel wheel action to be able to pass more and not trying to a planet where you're going to have to pass with DRS. You know, this is stuff we'll be able to actually pass in corners and everything like that. So um, it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited. Um, I think, what, in about another uh, eight, nine days, 10 days, you know, they're going to have their first test. I believe it's it's going to be, it's, I don't know if it's in Abu Dhabi again or if they went back going back to Spain. I, it's one of the two. I can't remember. I know they keep switching it up. So it's going to be great to see all these cars on track and just see the times, whatnot, and how the cars, the drivers react to us. Now, I know these guys, you know, do a ton, ton of, ton simulation, um, sim driving, but there's nothing like being in the actual car and seat of the pants driving. You know, that, that's one of the things that someone that's a good driver, they just like, they can feel everything through their ass. You know, so it's, you know, just the sensations, the feelings, everything like that. They're just the nuances. Yeah, I mean, I know these new simulators are unbelievable. I mean, they're crazy expensive. And they can really get in with the Gs and whatnot and how those things work and really give you that sensation. But there's nothing like being in an actual car driving. Now, I've I heard a couple cars right now. I heard, you know, the Alpha running. They got a Ferrari engine. And, wow, it sounded good. It sounded really good. So I'm curious to see when they get these on track. I know a couple other manufacturers that dropped their cars. You know, have done a little shakedown stuff. 
So, you know, I think they're, I can't remember what the FIA allows them to do for the shakedown. It's not a lot. So it's not like they're just banging out laps, you know, starting to do re, uh, research on this and testing. It's more just, hey, is everything working? Is everything where it needs to be? Is this how it is? You know, it's not like really getting the feel of it and set up for the car. Because here's the big thing. Now, how much you're a racing person or whatnot, but when you go racing and you race at a track, you take notes, you have your suspension settings, tire pressures, everything, camber, adjustment, all the toe, toe in, toe out, the whole nine yards. You you write all that down, every, how it was set up, everything, especially if you did good, you know, because what happens when you come back to that track again you reference those notes. Now, are they going to be working that next time? No, but it's a starting point for when you're at the same track you were at before. So it gives you something to work from. And it was, you know, and especially if it was successful, you know, that's what you want to have. So it's it's a great tool to utilize. But so now what do they do now? They, I, I know computers can run the simulations, everything like that, to try and get where it needs to be in the whole nine yards. But again, it's you can't take into account track conditions, what the asphalt, what the, you know, surface is doing, you know, and everything, you know, because another fact is, you know, they're going to these 18-inch rims now. They were, what, four, 13s, 14s before, can't really quite remember. Uh, I know it was like 13 or 14-inch diameter on the rim. So, and they had huge sidewalls on these cars. So, and the sidewall, and, you know, obviously big of the sidewall, they, you know, they were stiff to an extent, but gave quite a bit. So, you had that roll in the corners and that. So, I mean, it gives it that weird feeling. And said again, I don't know if you've ever driven a race car, but I have, and you know, it's just a weird sensation. So, but going to these 18 inches, obviously, it reduces the sidewall. And what happens is to make these tires last, that sidewall is a lot stiffer. So these tires are going to be completely different than what they're used to running. Now, I know the Formula E guys, you know, they've been running, you know, these rims for ever since they started. So um, it's an interesting look. I'll give it that. But what you know, they're doing this year for the F1 cars is they um, you know have those wheel discs uh, inside it that kind of is, is more, I don't know, makes it more solid. Um, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it looks good. I mean, I like it. So um, it, it's, it's just, it's a totally different look. And I, I love the fact it's because it still looks like a Formula F1 car. They didn't go nuts with it. I mean, I don't know about you, you know, watching IndyCar. I'm not a fan of that um, Lexan shield that they're using. Is it? I mean, so making it almost basically an enclosed cockpit. Um, just, I don't know. Something about it looks like, you know, I wasn't a fan when the Halo came out. But it, it's grown on me because, and actually, I guess, especially after seeing um, what IndyCar did, I even, hey, the Halo's not bad. And actually, and it's proven to work. I mean, you just look at last year with Max uh, and going in and with Hamilton, and him going up over his car and his tire ended up on Hamilton's head. So it's proven that it works. So it's something that's, you know, obviously it's here to stay. It ain't going anywhere. But, you know, I just like the look of it now. And they've incorporated it well into the car. So it's not very intrusive to the look and the flow of the car. But anyways, getting back to the Ferrari F1 car for 2022. Now they came out, you know, it's interesting because I think the, the, the red, is you know it's like a little more I would say a bloodish red. It's a little bit darker hue than previous reds. And but what's cool that I like is they went with the black wings and there's like a black accents to it. I really dig that. I, I like that look. And I know they've had to kind of walk away from Marlboro and that mission win now stuff um, is is gone. And 
you know, we just, I, I, I don't know if it was more all of a sudden they just really cracked down and said, look, this isn't working because we get people know what this is and everything like that, still basically advertising, you know, tobacco. Um, so that's completely gone. But they brought on a few other major sponsors, you know, to help. And, what, you know, as you probably know, if you're an F1 person, is the fact is, you know, there's a cost caps uh, going, playing into this season. So they only have the 100, $140 million, $145 million, I think it is. For this season, then it reduces next year, and the year after that, down to 125 or something like that a million. Um, so, keeping the cap on there, so it's like that's why you know Ferrari is getting into uh, the endurance racing because they have this extra money to go racing because it would have just went into the F1 program. But so they're going to put it starts, which is awesome. It's going to be great to see Ferrari back at Le Mans. Um, I can't wait to have that. I mean, there's going to be, in 2023, they should all be showing up, I believe it is. Porsche's coming back. Ferrari's going to be there. You know, there's a few other manufacturers getting back involved in it. Um, so I, I'm super excited for that. So I'm, I'm trying to do is get over there for that race next year, in 2023, to see that and be part of it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, pandemic hopefully is way over by then that I can get over there. So, But back to the F1 car. Now, Design elements wise, you know, the whole new front wing is completely different. You know, they're only had, allowed to have those four elements, up to four elements, I should say, because some other teams aren't actually doing all four of those and using three elements on that front wing. Ferrari's going all out and using four. Now, the other interesting aspect of it is the width of that wing. Now, it goes basically from the outside of the front wheels to each end. So it's, it's the width of the car. And, but there's no more of those ridiculous, like, turning veins and all that other crap that was, you know, on these, you know, most recent cars. I mean, any little thing, it was just baffling. I don't say baffling. I get the gist of it because, you know, for airflow, and they're trying to do what they can. They're trying to get the car and the air to go around the wheels and into certain spots, blah, 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 and all that stuff. But, I mean, it just make the cars look hideous. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched any of this stuff back in the day in the 50s, 60s when they had no wings. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, I know we'll never go back to that. But, you know, hey, it was all basically just mechanical grip from the suspension and that and the tires and the driver. So now you got all this other aero aid stuff. I got that in there, too. So, But then kind of moving back on the car, you know, it's, you know, the side pods are a totally different shape. Um, and the way this flow around, it's kind of interesting, too, because as you look at it from the side, you know, side pads got your wall in there, but as it goes up and over and around back to the cockpit, it drops back down and curves over the car. So the way they got the airflow coming around that and going through it is pretty cool. I mean, the car looks phenomenal. Another aspect I really, really dig is the rear wing. Now, on this thing, they have it, you know, it's pretty, you know, style-wise. You know, they have, it's tucked in basically the width, uh, the inside width of the rear tire. Maybe just a smidge outside it. But, again, it's not anything crazy. It's not some big obtrusive wing. they got all these different elements and everything on it. It's very simplified. And, you know, it looks gorgeous, I think, because it's just it's not obnoxious. You know, because they're basically trying to do is to get all the ground effects underneath the car to basically do a majority of the downforce, so to suck it down to the road. So their goal is to have that be the major factor in keeping these cars and giving them, you know, the uh, you know, downforce that they require and need to be able to go around the corners and that stuff as fast as they do. And, you know, like the parabolic and all that stuff, you know, we clip it along at 180, 190 miles an hour going around this bend. You know, the car's got to be able to suck to the ground. So, again, I'm super excited 
to see where this heads and how these cars run on the road. So we got, you know, the first one test of the season coming up uh, in, you know, a little over a week. So I, I tell you what, I think it's just going to be an awesome season. You know, and we're going to see who gets it right and who gets it wrong. Again, because this is completely new, totally redesigned cars. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, some are going to get it right, some are going to get it wrong. Some are going to be kind of feminine. But, you know, the hope is I think the midfield cars, I think it's really going to kind of bunch them up some more. So I think there's going to be a ton of great wheel-to-wheel racing in the midfield cars. I hope Haas kind of gets their shit back together. Supposedly, in you know, conversations Gunther Steiner's had, you know, that, you know, because the, they didn't put any development into the 2021 car. They just maybe a couple little bits here and there, but everything was full hog going towards the 2022 car. So you know, as you if you know, is when they came out in when they launched when their initial year they came out they actually were doing good. You know they were you know pretty pretty competitive, um, but as the year went on, they obviously they couldn't keep up with the changes of the car and updates of the car. They just I, I don't know was internal or whatnot because. They don't really have so much manufactured on car. It's manufactured out there by a facility by someone else. I don't know if you're familiar with how they circumvented the rules, but hey, they're allowed them to do it. You know, because in Formula One, you have to build every, you know, to build your own chassis. And you can get the car from, you know, the engine from someone else, but you had to build your own chassis. But you know, they went a different route and had an outside entity build it for them. And so, I don't know how much that plays during throughout the season, how much they help with the aerodynamics and you know updates of the car, but. Again, hopefully, you know, uh, Haas can kind of pick up the game because they're powered by Ferrari. You know, they're kind of, I don't know how much they are, kind of, you really didn't hear much about it. When they first came out, you heard quite a bit of how Haas was the, you know, Ferrari support team, so to speak, and doing stuff and that. But, you know, they were doing good. So you just wouldn't hear much. But as far as I know, they still have that collaboration with Ferrari regarding certain aspects of the car because they get the engine, the gearbox, and I think some other things from Ferrari. I think the brakes. Um, what you know, the maximum stuff that they're allowed that they can source from another manufacturer uh, that they don't have to design and build themselves. So I mean, that, that's a big cost savings, you know. And again, kind of going back to budgets and whatnot. Now, Haas wasn't even—I don't even think they had a budget of you know close to 140, 150 million. You know, even the previous years, I think they were doing between 80 to 100. So I mean, this uh, budget cap's going to be great. Now, who knows? And they might be able to bring in more sponsors. So we shall see. You know. Uh, a little side note, I don't know if anyone's following it, is old Rich Energy is supposed to be coming back into F1. They keep teasing stuff like that, and they're getting made fun of. So I, I don't know what team would be willing to jump on board with them as a sponsor after what happened with uh, Haas the other season. I mean, that was just a debacle. So it'll be interesting to see. That William Story guy that's running that supposed, supposedly owner and whatnot. I mean, he's got money coming from somewhere or whatnot. Who knows? God only knows. But – so I don't know, we'll see. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if they're actually going to be a sponsor on one of the cars. So, you know, they showed pictures, but hey, you can get an old F1 car and, and have someone give you, you know, current whatever and doll it all up with stickers and everything like that. So I don't know, so we shall see. So, but um, again, hopefully, you know, Charles and Carlos will get themselves back up to the front and be battling Mercedes and Red Bull. Uh, it'd be awesome to have that three-way battle going. I, Alpine might be up there too. I mean, I, you never know. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what comes about for this season because everyone started from scratch. Everyone's got all new cars, all new design. So we shall see where this heads. I'm super excited for the season to start. Um, and it's going to be gangbusters, I think. You know, it's 
lots of development. I think Red Bulls even made the comment that you know the car they start the season out and two races in, it's still, every race it's going to be the car is going to be different to like a major extent because it's updates. You know everything like that because they're getting all the feedback. They're getting all, you know, everything they're taking from the car and what they're learning and getting asked for it. Because, again, you can do all the sim stuff you want, but until that car's out on the track and, hey, you're putting wheels to the ground, hitting the pavement, you know, you won't, you won't really have the perfect idea of how this thing's going to run. So, but, so, fingers crossed they're back up front where they belong. Uh, bring back to the glory. Hey, especially it's the 75th anniversary of Ferrari for this season. Um and hey, and I'm, I'm the day I'm taping this is actually Enzo's birthday. So um, I don't know when you might end up listening to this, but hey, it is Enzo's birthday today. Uh, was it February 18th? So just a little more information for you, a little tidbit for that. So, but anyways, I'm gonna wrap this up. I appreciate you listening, and I think you know I'm trying to put together thoughts for the next car. I think I might talk about the new 296 that's coming out on the next episode. Uh, I'm really excited about that car, and I'm looking forward to have the opportunity. Uh, to drive. I'm going out to California next week, and I think I might have the opportunity to take it for a spin and see. So it's been the spiritual successor to the Dino. So we shall see. So, hey, again, I really appreciate you all listening. Uh, hey, and remember, Forza Ferrari. This episode has been brought to you by Grand Touring Motorsports as part of our Motoring Podcast Network. For more episodes like this, tune in each week for more exciting and educational content from organizations like the Exotic Car Marketplace, the Motoring Historian, Brake Fix, and many others. If you'd like to support Grand Touring Motorsports and the Motoring Podcast Network, sign up for one of our many sponsorship tiers at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. Please note that the content, opinions, and materials presented and expressed in this episode are those of its creator, and this episode has been published with their consent. If you have any inquiries about this program, please contact the creators of this episode via email or social media, as mentioned in the episode.